So welcome back to the Limehouse podcast, or indeed, hello uh, for the first time if you are settling in to your armchair to listen to this. There, there is no other way of listening to this show. If you're walking, running, or on a train, just no thanks. We're, we're a sit-down-in-the-armchair kind of podcast, okay? Anyway, uh, this is a special. This is a special episode. It's with uh, Jim Maxwell, the cricket commentator. Uh, he does other, other sport commentary, but mainly I spoke with him for my uh, love of his uh, cricket commentary, which he sometimes does... Uh, over in the UK, mainly the Ashes. And at the moment, we're in the middle of the Ashes down under. So I thought, hey, you know what? Why not? Let's just chat with Jim. Let's chat with Jim and, and see see what he what he's done with his life. And he's done a lot. And it's a good chat. And I think if you are into in, into your cricket, you're going to really enjoy it. I, I mean, I don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're a massive cricket uh, person. It's just a story about a life. So I think you'll enjoy it, whatever. But it, but it does help if, if you like a bit of cricket, definitely. Because it gets a little bit into the weeds with cricket and his opinions on on the state of the game and what have you. So yeah, you, you'll enjoy it. But um, as it's a special, um, sorry. Sorry if you're not a super cricket nut. There will, there will be a return to normalcy soon. And you'll notice that this has gone out at a strange time on a day that doesn't normally go out because normally uh, a Limehouse podcast episode goes out over the weekend or at least I, I aim for a Friday, Saturday or Sunday. I know it's lame, but what are you going to do when you've got kids and you've you got a life? It's just what happens. But um, yes, anyway, look, without any further ado, here's the conversation. If you if you like it, there are other conversations I've had with cricketers or uh, cricket fan, uh, sorry, uh, commentators such as Jonathan Agnew, uh, cricket fan and musician Felix White, and um, yeah, and Andy Zaltzman, who's uh, also a Test match special um, uh, uh, analyst and commentator. Uh, Andy Zaltzman, that's a good chat. So those three there: Jonathan Agnew, TMS, Felix White. Oh, I, I believe he does the uh, Tailenders podcast, and Andy Zaltzman, who's the analyst on Test match special. So you'll enjoy those; they're really good chats. Rock on, stay safe, and. Feel free to reach out and touch me on Twitter at LimehousePod. And I'm on Instagram, the Limehouse Podcast. All right. Okay. Take it easy. Stay safe. And I think it's going to be a whitewash. The ashes is pretty much done and dusted, isn't it? And 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 um, fast forwarding to the ashes, are you, um, man? You must be pretty uh, pretty excited, right? It's it's a big one, I think. I think it's more. I don't know. I'm just going to say this based on the a lot of the Aussie uh, Indian tour that I saw, but I think it's going to be quite even this this time. Well, it's yeah, it, it, it whatever it is. I mean, it, it'll be worth worth watching for so many reasons. Uh, one of the main reasons is that it'll be the First time we've had Test cricket um, since India was here, so yeah. um, it's very disappointing that Cricket Australia are, are not programming or trying to get Australia to play more Test cricket. They're going off to mm. the West Indies. They're only playing T20 and One Day cricket. Pakistan and South Africa are there around our time, and they're playing two Test matches. 
So um, you get the, the impression, the perception is that Cricket Australia don't want to play test cricket unless there's money in it. And the people who are playing against them, like the West Indies, won't play because they say there's no money in it. So right. test, cricket, yeah. test cricket's becoming a bit compromised, unfortunately. God, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's quite extreme because we're obviously mm-hmm. going to be playing India. Well, I mean, you know, it'll be... You're, playing, it, you're playing everyone but, between now and the yeah. end of the year. And the T20, <laughs> which, you know, we're going to be involved in. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not doing anything. That's ridiculous. But there but, I mean, some of, your, some of your boys are going to be over here playing um, four-day for, for some counties, are they? Or? Oh, I, do. I think they're playing in the 100. I mean, you got more... More, competi- more competitions um, than anyone else going on over there. One day cricket, yeah. T20, the blast, the um, the hundred, test cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you're playing county cricket, but only at the beginning and the end of the season, it seems. I'm quite excited about the hundred. Are, are, are you, um, I guess, I don't know, you seem a little bit on the fence about both sort of too much cricket, perhaps. I think I'm getting old and grumpy. I really don't care about any white ball <laughs> cricket unless uh, unless it's a, a World Cup, as it were. All, all the rest is is just fluff put up by marketing people to make money. But it it's, yeah. it, lack, it lacks substance. Test cricket's mm. the real thing. So as I say, um, I'm a dinosaur. Um, I probably don't see the game as as other younger people might, but. Um, I want to see something worthwhile. Yeah. I just don't want to see product being constantly created for consumption. It's like yeah. Arthur Morris's line. What do you think of the T20, Arthur, before Arthur died? He said, T20. It's a bit like all brand. It, it goes through it pretty quickly. No, I get it. I, like, I, I, don't, I don't like what you said about you being a dinosaur, though. I think maybe you're, why, why <laughs> do you use that word? Is that more of a kind of you're a bit pissed off or something? Oh, I don't know. I've just been... Self-effacing, I suppose. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've got old traditional views of the game, which uh, not not everyone shares because uh, they and, and they they're, they're right to an extent. They feel as though you know, cricket needs to be out there in any form it can to uh, continue to sort of proselytize uh, the game, and, and and that's that's true to an extent, and that's probably why they need to get it into the Olympics if they're going to broaden the, the appeal of the game beyond the Commonwealth countries. And um, yeah, uh, I guess at some stage in the future, we're going to have a big IPL competition in the United States. Uh, I think that's that's going to come to pass. Whether the Americans will actually take much interest, I don't know. But there are, there are enough Indians there to, to get the thing yes. cranked up. So um, we'll see. The, and if they get the corporate support, then yeah. um, it will happen. But it's, it's I just, I just strength, yeah. the strength and weakness of cricket is that um, uh, on the one hand, it's so diverse. No, very few other sports can offer what cricket does with a, a variety of competition. But um, it's also a bit of a weakness when it comes to, to trying to make sure that you, you test cricket is the uh, uh, number, one, number one form of the game. Um, and yes, as we yeah. go on, it'll be the Ashes and a and a few other countries playing, but I mean, most of them, I'm, they can't afford to play test cricket. That's that's the reality. Is that what infrastructure? Oh, well, I think it comes back to the BCCI. Um, perhaps what's yeah, the handy, BCCI? Um, 
well, not the ICC, but there's the BCC. Okay, okay. Basically control of ICC's uh, decision-making because they've got the financial clout, I guess. Well, Australia, England mm. and India anyway. So, mm. um, you know, they need to hand out a bit more dosh, I guess, to some of these countries to try and, and make sure that test cricket happens. But on your doorstep, Ireland, basically at the moment, because they're so I hear, they're so impoverished they can't afford to stage any cricket. Uh, they have to go yeah. and play somewhere else. Um, yeah. It's too expensive. I mean, it's a very expensive game. We know that. But um, uh, there's plenty of money in the ICC, but it, it tends to end up in the hands of the three big players, England, Australia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Surely not corruption in sport. My God, Jim, what are you alluding to? It's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's just Self it's absolutely serving. pathetic. Self-interest yeah. is always the favourite. Well, no, no. My, my question is, when when did the love of cricket start in your life? Um, I was talking to oh, um, Andy Zaltzman the other day, and he had a pretty cool story. Through a, a sort of a collection of influences around um, my father's um, passion for the game, um, being at uh, boarding school and um, seeing seeing things like um, the West Indies cricket team of 60-61 practice at our school because I'm um, living a sheltered life. I'd never, I'd never seen a black person in my life and I saw all these blokes turning up and having fun and everything else and I thought, what, what's going on here? And so that, that was the sort of uh, encouragement to take more of an interest in the game than just yeah. mucking around with my father in, in the backyard and, and the rest of it. So it was something that grew. It grew over a period from about the age of nine or, or ten, and and yeah. um, it developed into a I don't know, a passion, I guess. Yeah. So, um, like, who was on the box in that? I mean, I mean, I presume TV. Was it radio? What, what, like, what were the players out around? At Richie the time Benno. Really Richie just, Benno was yeah. the, the captain. Um, oh, legend! There were some great, most of the good players actually in that era were from New South Wales. Um, mm. Where I live, and they won the Sheffield Shield eleven years in a row. Um, you know, Benno, Davidson, Simpson, um, all, 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 all sorts of uh, people in that side. Brian, Brian Booth, Johnny Martin, Frank Misson. They had a lot of Test players, but you know, Benno was the first sort of a tactile captain until he yeah. came along. The game was fairly rigid and polite. But uh, he ch mm. he changed changed the game, um, yeah. and uh, th that that was a start sixty sixty one of a of a pretty solid era, um, spectacular at that point. But it cooled off a bit thereafter. Um, but yeah, uh, watching Sheffield Shield cricket was a bit of a thing yeah. in those days because we didn't get a lot of Test cricket. Yeah. It was on Who's, TV. It, it was on TV. Is, it, is that your wife feeding some birds or something? Yeah, we got That's bud quite... two birds. Nice. Because sometimes in you Zoom, you get these random noises and you don't know what they are. It can That's be like a it, cast. Oh, they got out Albert but... and Marjorie, the two budgies over there. <laughs> yeah. Hello, so Albert, you'll, Albert. No, it's... you'll hear them yeah. throughout. <laughs> it's great it's great to hear you talk about Richie Richie Benno because he was a voice he was a voice for me for decades before I ever saw his face 
and mm. listening to TMS uh, long wave driving around the country or what have you. Um, you obviously must have spent a long time with Richie, no, over the years, or am I just being? Uh, I here and there, yeah. The, the more as as he got uh, older, because um, uh, and uh, he was he was patron of the Primary Club of Australia, which is a charity that uh, provides um, funding for disabled uh, people and equipment and everything else. So he was the patron and I've been the president for the last oh, geez, what, 13 years now. So uh, we probably saw more of each other in the, the last seven or eight years of his life than before. But uh, along the way, you know, he, um, chatted to him, played golf with him. Um, yeah. yeah, I knew him reasonably well, but he had a but, he had a lot of fans. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you'll be familiar with it, with the Ashes, right? And every, and the crowd at Manchester or what have you dress up. Everyone dresses oh, yeah. up as Richie, right? Yeah, well, it happens. Happens here too. We have a, um, a battalion, a battalion of uh, <laughs> Richies at every game. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely. I love it. I love it to pieces. Much, much I think it's wonderful. Much yeah, it's indeed. I think it, it doesn't take much to to warm the get into people's hearts, does it? I think. Mm. And once you're there, once you're in people's hearts, it's like I don't know. It, I mean, obviously you have got people like over and over over here, and I'm I'm really going back here. But Norman Wisdom, you know, I don't know why I'm thinking Norman Wisdom. Maybe it's a height thing or something or character. Um, but you know, people, you give you give the general public just a little bit of your heart and what you're about and they'll, you know, they'll stay with you for years. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he did it. He did it all with um, some sort of a gravitas uh, and respect for the game. Did it all quietly, never ostentatiously. Uh, yeah. I, th I think... Um, well, I, yeah, I would describe him as a, a papal figure in the game. Yeah. Uh, he was yeah, the definitely. Mo most revered cricket person of his, his time in his, in his last 20 or 30 years. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So, um, yeah, huge revenue. Yeah, no, definitely. And, um, I mean, you've got so many characters in cricket, right? When you were growing up, falling in love with the sport were you aware of the the, the the sport and how many random players from you know really weird rituals that they do before matches to all the way up from village cricket all the way into international level were you were you aware of the characters within the game uh to an extent i was more interested in what they did when they played i suppose as a younger person uh, of course yeah yeah um so that that was the fascination to see um, the way they conducted themselves as you know, skillful cricketers, um, just just to see them um, go about their business as batsmen or bowlers, whatever. And you didn't didn't get close as close as we made today because <laughs> the, the television coverage certainly was 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 far more uh, remote than it's yeah. become, where now it's all about getting close-up shots and the rest of it. They, well, they didn't have cameras that could do that most days. So um, you didn't get as as close to the personality of the, the game. It, 
everything was a bit more un under understated uh, mm. than it's become. And now we're into the, the cult of personality to the point yeah. of uh, serious narcissism these days. So, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It is, it's interesting to me to, to talk to someone um, about the legacy of Bradman. So when you were kind of growing up within the game and learning it, Bradman would have been, you know, what, 10, 15 years, 20 years previous, maybe? Um, but there's still uh, been that influence. Well, yeah, he retired two years before I was born. But um, right there, you go. And clearly, his his influence lingered because he was yes. a selector and an administrator, and he was Bradman. I mean, he just had a, a, a shadow over the over the game because of yeah. his phenomenal deeds. Yes, and everyone mm. bought. It's over there somewhere in the bookshop, The Art of Cricket by oh, Don God. Braden. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've got that. I mean, you know, and I, I'm, <laughs> I've got that. I think my dad bought or my granddad bought it, I think. He was a huge mm. cricket fan. He was a, he was a turn the, the, the uh, television commentary off and put the radio on kind of a guy, you know, with a, with a glass of whiskey. That was my granddad. Right, right. Yeah, well. a, good, a good man, yeah. Does, um, were your parents into cricket? Were your your grandparents? My father, you, my they... father was, and yeah. um, one of my grandfathers. Not so much the uh, the women of the family. No, um, my my what my wife's a sports mad fan, more rugby league than cricket, I suppose. But she enjoys the cricket. She's been to England a few times and watched yeah. it all. Um, so. Yeah, it's more the yeah, that uh, paternal influence. Yeah, yeah. Could you, have you got have you got any memories of your um, of your childhood of your of your your dad or your your mum or your grand grandfather? What happened? Oh yes, yes. Introducing you to the game. Yes, of my father anyway, and of my mother's occasional appearances <laughs> at the cricket. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, we we can get there as we go. What about um, what about you? Can you remember the first like stadium you went to as a kid, or, or what have you? Oh, it was the Sydney Cricket Ground, and I was more interested in collecting collecting empty soft drink bottles and getting trippings back for them than <laughs> watching the cricket. Uh, that was when I was about oh, seven or eight years old, I suppose. So um, yeah. my father used to take me to the cricket in those days, but I didn't really take much interest in what was going on. Um, yeah. Until I was about nine or, or, or ten, so um, yeah, uh, it, it sort of it snuck up, up on me slowly, uh, yeah. to a point where uh, I, you know I started to un, un, understand aspects of the game and who was who and the significance of and and still at the SCG, it, it, it's it's the only ground in Australia. That has changing rooms that um, were there for Grace and Trumper. No other Australian ground has that anymore. But with those mm. two Edwardian stands there, the members and the ladies stand, you have a connection uh, with the history of, yeah. of the game, unlike any other Australian ground. So it, it's yeah. still, to me, a cricket ground. Unfortunately, in Australia now, we don't have a lot of cricket grounds, we have stadiums that are made for football, where yeah. cricket is the second tenant. Mm. Yeah. 
You have yeah. cricket grounds. They are cricket grounds. That's all they have. Yeah. We we don't. We're multi-purpose because um, we need to get revenue from uh, creating these right. plants. So yeah. Aussie it, rules. every major cricket ground in Australia gets its money from football. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sad thing. I, I often I watch a little bit of AFL and um, I, I do, I don't know, I, I find it weird when they're playing at the Sydney, when we're playing at Sydney. Like, it's just, it's bit, it's a bit weird. First of all, I don't know how the hell they do it in terms of protecting the wicket. I suppose they take it out and put it back in again or something. Um, There's a bit of both. Square. Brisbane yeah. and Sydney, they leave it there. Um, yeah. The other places, they take it out, yeah. But, but um, so what was the... Why, why has that happened, Jim? Why haven't the grounds been protected like that? Why haven't they been just say, look, we've just got to use this for cricket? And, and it's, it's just bloody money, right? And so that's it's that money. simple. It's yeah. money. I mean, you know, you're playing 40 games of AFL at the MCG every year. Uh, that's, that's the main game, not cricket. Sydney's becoming more of the same because at the moment, Sydney's used for, for everything because the ground next door has been demolished and is being rebuilt, which is just a purpose-built rectangular stadium. So yeah. the SCG, we've got the Swans playing. Um, we have rugby league being played there as well. And we're going yeah. to have, um, we've had uh, super rugby and we'll have a, a test between France and, and Australia in July played there. So, yeah. um, and it's always been a, a multifaceted ground, but um, cricket probably had a bit more of, uh, a hold on it than it, than it does today. And yeah. at least they haven't dug up the square, but they found yeah. Yeah, other ways of making sure it's not a piece of concrete in the middle of winter, which is the main yeah. main problem with having a pitch there. It's either historically like a bit of concrete or if it gets wet, it's muddy and slippery and awkward. Yeah. So that's why yeah. in Melbourne in particular, they decided to get rid of it. Mm. Uh, and uh, well, they, they're getting better at the drop-ins, but uh, they're still not what they yeah. could be. I do, I do feel like there, um, there are a lot of. There's so much change; it's almost impossible to keep up with. Um, and well, there's change, change everywhere. I follow a lot of golf. I love golf, but um, uh, I'd like to think that one one day someone will uh, tell the manufacturers to piss off because uh, they're running the game. Uh, yeah. with the, 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 the balls and, and the, the weaponry. So they need to uh, bring the game back a bit, but it probably won't happen because like, they control it. Uh, yeah. there'll, there'll be all sorts of lawsuits and the rest of it. But Peter Thompson, um, he always said, they've got to lighten the ball, reduce the number of clubs in the bag and probably make the green smaller and play on British Open courses where the elements have more of an impact than uh, on the uh, dense watered greens and deserts of America where there's no wind and you just play darts. Um, yeah. Because it it's just seems, seems to be about bridge strength more and more in the game of golf. How far can you hit the, the bloody thing off the tee? And the, the further you yeah. can hit it, the further you can you know, get out of trouble with your lob wedge and then everything else. Anyway, um, it, it's still a fascinating game. And I, I love I love watching it, but um, yes, yeah. uh, all these things evolve, I suppose. So you got to um, accept it on that basis. But we've so got. What, do you, 
Sorry, yeah. do you, do you, where do you see the game of cricket going then, Jim? Like in 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 twenty years' time, like where would you like to? What would you like to realistic? What what are the realistic things that you think can bring the game back to some kind of? I don't know. Not it may not just continue. But, just continue yeah. to evolve, and T Twenty um, will be you know the the McDonald's fast food of uh, of the game. That's where the money will be, and hopefully people will start to appreciate that perhaps other forms of uh, the game, um, yeah. particularly test cricket, um, are, are worth worth having. But um, well, you know, if marketing people have have their way, there'll probably be a lot less test cricket and more IPL style tournaments. I don't know. Um, yeah, but it, it, the game is still uh, going to be played. You know, beyond beyond that, it's you know at a community level. Uh, I think there's still an opportunity for it to to thrive, but um, it's such an expensive game that you have to make sure you've got this trickle down effect of resources, finance coming to um, to keep it alive. Because um, I know from my club, this is the old this is Eastern Suburbs Cricket Club, um, yeah. where. Um, you know, David Ward and Lenny's cricket, and we've got yeah. uh, Peter Neville as our captain at, uh, at East. The, the club's been going since uh, 1894, and uh, we reckon it's at least $1,500 a player to get them on the field every year. When you add up the cost of equipment with balls and higher grounds, all this sort of stuff, it's an expensive game, much more expensive than football. But yeah, no, let, let's talk about your commentary career. Jim, because like, where the hell did that start and how did that get going? Uh, well, a bit of persistence and being in the right place at the right time, um, essentially. So uh, it was something I um, always had a hankering for and eventually you got the, at the third attempt, got the opportunity to uh, get through the audition process and get a, a job as a, as a trainee. Uh, at the age of 22 so it grew from that but it was always something I, I wanted to do but the path wasn't uh, a straightforward one and uh, I yeah. got I probably got a bit lucky in the way I eventually made it but um, yeah otherwise I don't know I might have, might have ended up <laughs> being a lawyer like my father so yeah uh, I think I've, I think I've had a happier life so, who were your heroes then? Because I'm, I'm imagining it was someone like Arla and, and, and people such like, like that. Uh, well, McGillivray mainly was the yeah um, the voice um, the voice of cr- cricket to, to me because um, as much as um, Arla and um, Johnson, and they all had their qualities in terms of, um, of the way they could express themselves. Um, Harlan more of a poet, Johnson more of a humorist. But um, for me, I, I wanted to know what was going on in, out in the middle. And McGilvray, McGilvray was miles better than any of those guys when it came to the game. Right. Talking about the game, yeah. So um, you, particularly when you, you had to rely on radio from Ashes series back in the 60s from, from England when you couldn't see it. Uh, his voice lit up the game. So yeah. uh, he, to me, he was the most important voice in growing up 
with cricket. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's success is just a, a head a head screw for me because it's like how do you define your success? When when do you start going like for you? You know, you said in the nineties was tricky. When do you bail out? And if I do, if if I carry if I don't carry on pursuing the thing that I love, then what what do I become? Do you know what? That's I mean? right. Like, what the hell? What what's going to happen to me? Well, it's, yes. If you're good at knitting, you might as well stick with it. That's that's often been said. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. <laughs> if that if that's what you're good at, and you you, know, you believe you're good at it no, enough, enough people to support support you, um, yeah, doing it, then you better stick with it. So you know, here I am, sort of, <laughs> what is it, forty eight years on from when it all started, still yeah. fiddling around with it. So it must be yeah. working to some extent. You know, you don't just get given a path, and if you do A, B, and C, this will happen. That's true, and you know, sometimes. Uh, some very very simple things like clash of personality or um, just some sort of power and control, even even envy, um, can get in the way of uh, the con- continuation of um, your career. Uh, a lot of people have been cast aside on on the whim of management, as it were. It has happened. I've seen it. To people in um, the ABC, uh, either that or just an error of judgment on their part, and um, they've got, they've gone. So you know, you can never be a hundred percent sure that it's going to be smooth. So just yeah. try to make sure you can control most of your destiny, because you're always going to have foot and mouth disease. In fact, that's one of the pleasures of doing cricket commentary. Is is having foot and mouth disease, um, because that means you're having a go. One kind of last question, um, see where it goes. But um, what, what, what? How do you? What was it like the first ball of the Ashes series of an Ashes series? Or let's go with that one because there's another one I wanted to ask about commentary. But when you're, you know, it's like five minutes to go, five minutes till you're live. Um, the 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 Lords is full or the SCG is full and it's all, you know, this is the big one. What's what's the feeling there? I can't imagine it ever changes really, the excitement levels. Just keep hold, of, keep hold of yourself and try not to let the emotion overtake the moment, I suppose. Um, yes, you, you have a nervous expectation at the start of any series or when a game gets to the climax about the, what on earth is going to be said. I, I don't um, practice any lines, as it were, uh, that that others might do. Maybe, maybe I'm lazy, but I like to <laughs> live in the live in the moment and respond because I feel I've I've got the um, the, 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 the verbal uh, capacity to do it. So I, yeah. I go. I tend to go with the the moment. Um, rather other than create something in my own mind that I may may use a one liner or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Every now and then that that occurs, but um, as you you know, moving towards a, a a moment at the start or somewhere in, in the game that you think is going to be significant, and you may happen to be on. I mean, you might be on when it occurs. Um, right. So. Yeah, I I just 
just try try to keep the uh, the emotion out of it, not get too carried away, and that's that's been pretty pretty much what uh, seeped into my and my head over a period of time through the experiences of broadcasting and watching better broadcasters than myself, like Alan McGilvray, go about his business. Um, so to just try to keep a lid on it without uh, you know, being dead, deadpan and, and, oh, so, well, this is, can you just hold that for a tick? This, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. This is my youngest. Bless, right. you, bless you, bless you, bless your heart. Family matters. Um, anyway, yeah, no, I, but my last question was going to be whether or not you, um, not whether or not, where, what, what the um, moments in the box, man, in the commentary box that stick out the most? I mean, it's an obvious question, but it's kind of why we, why we love you so much. So, yeah. Uh, well, um, I mean, there's been a, a variety of them in, in terms of um, highlights, of the game. In fact, most of the commentary man moments that stand out seem to be when we've lost matches, not won them. We've got a habit over the years yeah. as Australia of losing close games, not winning them, um, yeah. um, or, or tying them. Uh, but yeah. oh well, uh, I, I think um, obviously Edge Biston always comes to mind when the subjects raised in two thousand and five, a game. Uh, that was in a, you know, within a, uh, a, 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 a winkle of being won by yeah. Australia. And yeah. um, as it turned out, it was probably a good thing we lost because it, it brought life back to the ashes of Australia had won that game, led the series 2-0. We'd, we'd never have had the result we had in that series, nor the, the resurgence. I think that uh, there's been through that period of English cricket to the point where Australia has not won a series in England now since 2001. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so that's that's good for the game. I mean, this is the other thing to remember, that um, it's not just about your team, the team uh, that's been part of your life because you've admired all the players who've done so well. And, and Australia's been... A bit more blessed than, than most countries in that regard with some of the great cricketers of the game. But uh, it is about the game. And that's why yeah. series like the last India-Australia series was so good because of the quality of the cricket and the surprises that you get um, so often in test match cricket. And really, at the end of it all, it didn't matter which team won as long as uh, we were able to see um, something special about the contest, which we were. Uh, yeah. You know, five yeah, days of test cricket in Brisbane ending like it did, it was remarkable. Um, so that's another reason why I like test cricket so much because it is um, when you've got evenly matched teams, again, and, and unpredictable. So in the but, ultimate format, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, Stokes innings in two thousand and nineteen to win the Test match that that was absolutely extraordinary. I think of Brian Lara and Tendulkar's batting, Ricky Ponting yeah. on a number of occasions. The ability of Shane Warne um, to get people out, uh, particularly in collaboration, unison with uh, McGrath. I mean, arguably yeah. the, 
the, the best two bowlers I've, I've seen in test cricket uh, in the way they operated. They strangled teams, absolutely strangled them. They were so good. <laughs> yeah. So, I didn't enjoy um, it, Jim. You're just, with, you're, just bring me, you're just making me sweat a bit now. But you know, on the, the other side of that, England have also, I can remember John Snow out here in 7071. And to win in Australia, basically, you need good fast bowling. So, and for that reason, England, if, if they turn up with fit fast bowlers and Broaden Anderson's still with a few test matches left in them and maybe Jofra Archer, of being more than an occasional um, strike bowler, um, they can win the series. But um, it, it does set itself up nicely for that, given uh, the quality of our quick bowling around Pat Cummins in particular. So um, yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of expectation continually about the game, and um, you know I've been fortunate enough to see some of the the greatest cricketers in in history. Um, go yeah. about their, their business through the domination of the West Indies to Australia's uh, resurgence in the 90s. And, well, the uh, War Brothers, man. I, I mean, the War Brothers yeah, used to, well, did just break my heart in a beautiful way. I have to say, one of, one of the best days cricket I've seen uh, was when Mark War got 100 for New South Wales against Victoria in a Sheffield Shield game against Warren. Uh, it was just a, a struck match between two exceptional players and Mark War's footwork uh, against the uh, um, quality of, of Warren's bowling and his, his personality, of course, which was a big factor in his success. And yeah. for that day, War won the argument, but um, as Tendulkar and Lara often did against Warren, but um, yeah. So sometimes you you see things uh, out of nowhere in contests you're not quite expecting to see that, but certainly at mm. at, at the higher at the higher level, um, watching you know Lily bowling or the West Indies pace attackers, there's been so much stuff that's been good, high quality, and produced some of the the great drama of um, of the game. So let's hope yeah. that continues. Um, Definitely. Do, do you, just really quickly, do you think that Steve, the, 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 the Steve Smith wound has healed? Do you think that that shame and and uh, um, well, in terms of relationship with other players, things like the IPL certainly help uh, when they're all in the, the same change room and playing in the same matches. But uh, the whole matter of um, what occurred in South Africa hasn't a hundred percent healed, and it, it won't as yeah. long as those blokes are around and, and now because they're talking about the fact that all oh, the fast bowlers knew exactly what was going on. I mean, the whole thing was so clumsy and naive uh, in, in the way it was played out that uh, it probably means that Steve Smith will never captain Australia again. Uh, I, think, no. I think they'll want to move on to someone like Pat Cummins or um, the long shot would be given his, uh, his rise to stardom and um, and fame in the game is uh, Manus Labuschagne. If uh, they consider he's got some skill as a, yeah. a leader, he might be the one that jump in. You just don't know how these things are going to play out until the moment arrives. And uh, Tim Payne may well play for another year or two. So uh, mm. I think by that stage they'll want to be moving on beyond uh, 
beyond Smith to the next captain. You don't want to have David Warner on the pitch and the reason we're sledging him is because of something he did that was really bad, like bring, you know, bringing the game into disrepute. It's terrible. But um, anyway, that's my take on it, Jim. Um, but yeah, well, well, you know, by the time we get to 2023, uh, there'll be Smith, but I don't think there'll be Warner in the Australian no, team. Enough. So we, we will, to a large extent, have, have moved on. Um, as as you do with these things, uh, but um, it, it still it ling lingers very uh, mm. uncomfortably, untidily. But you know, yeah, again, it's part of the game. These things occur. Uh, yeah. You've got body line going back, or the right at the SCG in eighteen ninety or whenever it was with um, Lord Hawke's team because of of betting, betting on the game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and now you know, that's all, all already a, a, again a, a concern for um, players. Dare I say, from Pakistan, who are mm. probably um, Im impoverished comparatively because they're not allowed to play in the IPL and they weren't getting very right. well rewarded. So the temptation to do something stupid like Salman Button, Muhammad Amir did, along with Muhammad Asif. So yeah. You can yeah. see that you can see that occurring. Um, yeah, no, I, I get and, that. Um, I think that and, you know, in, in every every generation, there is unfortunately uh, something that occurs in terms of um, bringing the game in, into disrepute. It's it's just it's human nature. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jim, thanks so much for your time. But before before we go, when are you um, next back in the UK doing any commentary for us? Well, um, I, I would, you know, normally be going over there this year on, on holidays and things like that, but that's not possible. So probably 2023, inshallah, oh, um, will be the uh, next time. Okay. But um, uh, the joke in uh, New South Wales at the moment is if you want to uh, have an overseas holiday, you go to Lord Howe Island which is about an hour and a half out in the Pacific, which is actually part yeah. of New South Wales. But um, <laughs> other yeah. than that, we're pretty much stuck to base. It's, it's oh, not so much okay. going overseas, but getting back. That's the problem. <laughs> well, let yeah. us into our own country. Well, we don't want you to go back. Just come over here. You don't have to worry about going back, Jim. You know, it's fine. We love you, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love coming to England, um, I, I have yeah. to say. Uh, thanks, Will. Yeah. Yes, and uh, I have a lot of a lot of friends over there, and um, yeah. lots of lovely places to go and see. So I'm looking forward uh, to that opportunity when it comes up. But I have a feeling it won't be till 2023. Good luck with you, mate. Thank you so much. Okay, take care.